potential at this, at this, and you know, you give it a whack and it, it actually, you know, has a great effect. And quite often that's what's been going on. We've been trying to solve a problem with tools that you know, just maybe weren't up to the, to the job. And so that's kind of where the lightning process tools, why, you know, they are you know, effective. I think part of that as well is that it is um, self-directed. Okay, it's really up to, to you to put them into practice, you know, within, with any type of change. The, the biggest amount of change will always come not outside in. It's when change is from the inside out. Welcome back to Paper Fox Radio, the podcast where you get to meet an eclectic bunch of souls who, like you, are navigating their path across this multi-dimensional canvas called life. My name is Az Roberts. And before we get into this episode tonight, I wanted to talk a little bit about balance because uh, in the last two weeks, I've really fallen off the wagon in terms of my balance. Um, things were going pretty rosy for about three months, I think it was roughly three months. But um, since the podcast has been going and I've had a few other competing priorities, I really felt like my health go out the window. So my fitness has gone out the window or my running's gone out the window. Um, the eating's gone out the window. Sleep's gone out the window. Like everything's kind of just really fallen over. But I suppose the, it made me, it reminded me of this um, time in my past where I was seeing a therapist at the time I was juggling like some pretty big work issues. And, uh, I was also trying to get a startup going on the side with my good mate. And, uh, at the same time I was training for some international races and it was just simply too much going on and I wasn't doing any of them particularly well. So I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, doing a pretty shit job at work. If I could be honest, uh, my training wasn't great. I was just sort of muscling through my training and the startup was just spluttering along um, and dying a very slow death. So I spoke to my doctor about this and he was like, well, it's kind of like you've got, imagine a stovetop and you've got these four burners on the top of your stove. And each one of those burners is just going at like a hundred miles an hour. They're just burning burning, 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 and everything's boiling, everything's, he says, what I need to think about is really just to, you know, it's okay to turn some of these things down because you can't just go through life with everything on, you know, a hundred percent all the time. So that's metaphor really stuck with me. And I've been applying that a bit in the last few days and really just thinking about what's it trying to tell me here. And it's really just to sort of be kind to myself for a start and accept that I can't do everything at a hundred percent all the time. The next part is really to sort of look at what my priorities are and things like, you know, health is certainly important, but I don't need to be super fit at the moment when I need to be trying to get momentum up for this podcast and, you know, being a good dad and a good partner and stuff like that. So that's been me for the last couple of weeks. And uh, I hope there's something in there for you. 
but onto today's guest. Lightning Liz Allen is a neuro-linguistic programming master. Uh, that's NLP for short. She's also a lightning process practitioner and a health and mindset coach. Um, she studied with the Yoda of NLP and the lightning process designer, Dr. Phil Parker. And Liz is one of an extremely rare number of lightning process practitioners on the planet. The lightning process is a it has helped thousands and thousands of people across the world overcome a raft of issues from chronic fatigue, chronic pain, anxiety, depression, and more. Liz runs her own practice here in Sydney, and today we're going to dive into Liz's story, her own battle with chronic fatigue, her path to NLP and the lightning process, and the mind and body connection. Welcome, Liz. Oh, thank you, Az, for that introduction and thanks so much for having me on your podcast it's one of those episodes where i'm super grateful that you're here and you're sharing your experience but it's actually more definitely about my own curiosities at this point with nlp so i'm going to be picking your brain as heavily as i can in this session sure well happy to be here um yeah let's let's dive awesome. into it um so we're here in new south wales in australia and this week we were released from our COVID shackles, so to speak. Liz, what's the most exciting thing you've done with your new freedoms this week? Um, that's such a, yeah, interesting um, question because I actually, um, I mean, I've loved um, getting, yeah, feeling that sense of things are opening up. And I think just the general vibe with other people, that kind of relief um, has been something that's been really nice to, to see and experience and partake in. Um, as you mentioned that um, I had a um, really interesting um, message, um, an email actually from um, someone I've, I worked with. Um, and I don't know if this is the time to get into that, but it's kind get of like it. that first thing that came to mind and it was like, um, getting out of lockdown and, um, this is, um, someone had come to see um, me to do the lightning process and had pretty much been, um, uh, had chronic fatigue for a number of years, um, along with a couple of other, um, health things going on. And she sent me an email this, this, um, week saying, just need to let you know that I've just been to the pub, um, had a beer and a palmer and, it is amazing. Um, I never thought that I would be here and kind of for her actually gluten had been something, um, one of her kind of things she hadn't been able to um, respond well to. And not only is she kind of back in the back, you know, living her life and being able to be with her friends, but, you know, also even just having a pub in the pub, having a, a palmer in the pub, like we take that for granted. And I think, you know, a hundred days of lockdown for New South Wales, we think that's pretty big deal, but um, for someone who's been, you know, chronically ill for months, years, that moment of getting your life back is um, is so sweet. And um, yeah, that's that's kind of why I do what I do, <laughs> and was actually my own experience. Um, lockdown was um, was interesting. For a number of people, we've all been through that now. But I remember when we first went into lockdown, I remember thinking to myself, 
huh, this isn't my first rodeo. Mm. Because back in 2017, I came down with chronic fatigue myself. And I had was very ill for about nine months. And that's like unable to really hold down a full time, unable, like unable to work, um, unable to even go to the shops and do a food shop. I was that what unwell. Were you, what were you doing back then? Because that was that was pretty much rolled straight into my first, you know, first question. <laughs> so um, what were you doing back then? Yeah, so back then I'm 2017, I just turned 30 and I was living um, a life like any young person. I was working really hard. Um, I was working in the fashion design industry back then um, for an Aussie designer doing fashion week. Um, I was also, um, you know, spending my spare time dancing. I'm a salsa dancer and that took up um, a lot of my time um, hanging out with friends and really trying to live <laughs> like a really like a normal life. Um, but when I look back, I was like, okay, well, a lot of stress, a lot of um going on at that time um and kind of what happened then is I got a virus got a flu um and actually found myself you know waking up but basically waking up one day not being able to get out of bed and that went on for weeks and then you're like okay what's what's going on here and it's a very kind of confusing time trying to understand that because what we're used to is um you get a flu you get like or a virus or cold whatever um you take some rest and you get back to it yeah but that didn't happen um so it's um yeah and that was my kind of how I entered this whole new (laughs) phase of my life back then which was um what's going on with my body and doing all like those pathways trying to find out uh, what's going on through my GP, specialist, doctors, naturopaths, acupuncture, tried everything to kind of really work out what was going on. Um, anyway, after, so initially I was very fortunate that my doctor diagnosed me early with post-viral fatigue. And then she said, um, if this doesn't clear up in six months time, it's, it's, you'll have, you'll have <laughs> chronic right. fatigue, which is that definition, yeah. So before um, before we just dive all into that part, because that's definitely where we'll go. What we as a in the fashion industry as a thirty year old, you say, what was your mm-hmm. what was your what were your what was calling you back then? What was your sort of driver? What were you motivated by? Because I'm sure maybe you were, but I'm sure something like lightning process might not have been on your radar. Totally. I've never heard about it. Um, and I guess I'd never been in a position where I'd needed to. Um, how I, you know, I was very fortunate when I was at school to, um, you know, have that question, what do you want to do with your, with your life? And I, in my mind, I was like, I love design. It's what I'm passionate about. I love fashion. Um, that's what I'm going to, because you tell me what I can I do all day. You can design it that's what I want to do. And so I pursued, I went to, um, after a gap year, I went to um, uni, studied for four years um, at UTS, got my um, degree in fashion design. And then I went, um, you know, internship, got my first job 
um, and went from there, worked my way up through um, that company. And um, I guess initially I'd always been very passionate about design, about um, creativity, and, and I loved it. I really did. But if I'm going to be really honest, it was kind of like by that point I had been, and I'm probably for a number of years, in the motions. I was doing what I thought I should be doing um, and um, not really knowing how to, um, if even if I wanted to change paths, how to do That's, that. I can definitely relate to that. That's, uh, yeah. So I don't know, because you and I don't know each other too well. So I design, so I'm a designer. I've been designing for a long time and I've definitely thought about what would I do if I didn't design you know, is this the right path? Super confusing because it's kind of the only thing you know, right? And yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's kind of only you know, when you're in it and you're living it, it's very hard to often see um, the wood from the trees, yeah. right? And it's probably only looking back and like the journey that I've had to kind of reflect back at that time in my life to, and see that, well, actually, if I think about it, probably at that time for me, I really wasn't very happy in my life. And I, you know, needed to be doing something, but wasn't quite sure what that was. It was a very stuck time. And so what did I do? I worked harder. I pushed harder. And I thought, if I just do this, if I just keep going, if I just keep going, it'll, it'll all work out. Um, which is so um, what we do. I think it's a very common thing that we do, um, but it's really probably not what we need. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, um, and yeah. It's, a, it's um, I'm yeah, guilty of that as well. Something I've been learning recently a lot, having the, those awakenings about, you know, it's not how hard you push, you know, and so just hearing, hearing it from you as well, is just hilarious. Um, yeah. So, um, what was, um, what was your experience with the chronic fatigue? Like how did, so you got a, you got a flu, it knocked you back. What was your experience with chronic fatigue? Like, cause I'm a parent, um, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people listening to this will be like, Hey, I'm tired all the time. Like I drink nearly a liter of coffee a day and that's not healthy. And I just can't seem to get my energy back. But what does, what's chronic fatigue versus, Hey, I'm just broken or whatever. Yeah. Great, great question. Because um, the experience of chronic fatigue um, is like that sense of, tiredness and fatigue but it's unrelenting it's like you can go and have a nap and wake up refreshed but someone who has the experience of chronic fatigue doesn't get that um additionally it's oh, a lot of it varies person to person but accompanied symptoms of brain fog where you can't actually um have the cognition to um even read a read a book is, is even too much. Um, body pains, um, very common as well. Um, 
poor sleep even. <laughs> so you say these people like have uh, you're tired all the time, but you can't get that a good quality sleep, very hard, very restless. Um, and to look at somebody with chronic fatigue, it's one of those things you can't, you go, oh, you look fine. Um, it's quite common, but it's quite in that way. They call it a bit of an invisible illness because, um, you know, they someone with chronic fatigue might look fine, um, but um, their experience of having chronic fatigue, um, yeah, is just good days and bad days for sure and um, often will have these crashes which is quite hard for somebody who um, hasn't had that experience to understand and be like well yesterday you were fine and today you're, you're wiped out and you can't actually um, leave the house leave your bed. so it's that bad you really can't and pick it. yourself up wow yeah. and so that was that your experience as well yeah it really wow. was um so I um yeah, got so sick. Well, really woke up one day, not able to really get out of bed. Um, and, you know, even for an employer, that's a hard thing to um, comprehend. Um, mm -hmm. And um, there was really in the end, no capacity to be able to go back to my design job at that point. Um, and so by the time in a couple of months after of recovery, I took on some part-time work, luckily through my uncle's um, <laughs> business, they needed somebody to help out in reception. And obviously, you know, not my dream job, but getting back into be able to do something was the goal. And I started out there doing two hours um, a day. Nice. And that, and that was, that was a lot. For yeah. Me. Right. So you're 30, you're still 30 ish. 30. Yeah. Um, 30. Yeah. 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 So wasn't an ideal place to be. Um, really it must have been a real headspin. Um, so how was that transition? Like, cause I'm just imagining you, how long were you sort of bedridden or unable to, to f move function, do your job? Like how long did that process go on before you and your employer decided that this was probably better off yeah well I had um unsurprisingly um like literally months of sick wow. leave I'd been in the company for a number of years without taking really the um holiday like the time off that I probably had needed to um and so it was a matter really of the month couple of months of me essentially using up my um, sick leave to then get to that point where I'm unable to come back and um, yeah. Is that messy? That, that was, kind of it. was that messy between you and your work or? Um, it really, at the time felt like there were no options, yeah. um, you know, and, and a small business is in no position to like, uh, they're running when you run a small business it is um, keeping things together like and so I think um, these challenges aren't well met necessarily but again I didn't know what to do it wasn't it, it was there are no clear answers and probably it was actually the best thing for me to um, to really make a break there and and focus on really what I needed to be doing at that time, which was healing my body and 
um, if I hadn't had if I hadn't gone through that I really wouldn't be where I am now and so I am really grateful um, to have had the opportunity to go on that journey of um, uh, pursuing something that I'm really passionate about. So you went from, it sounded like you went through a bunch of different, uh, I'm just going to say like therapist modalities. You went through a bunch of different specialists on your quest to help you, right? So how yeah. did you end up at, um, at Lightning Process? Yeah, um, it, it's quite a common experience. People with chronic conditions um, try a lot of things. And I really did. It wasn't until I actually um, was passed an article, uh, I think it was October of 2017, I was passed an article by my aunt. She said, read this, it's about um, chronic fatigue. You might, you might find it interesting. And I read it and it was actually about the lightning process. Um, but when I read it, I initially just passed it off because I actually thought it was too good to be true. And I thought, these, these people, they don't understand what I'm going through. It's not that easy. Um, and, and I let it go. And then it was actually, um, I think about a month later, it happened that within the same week, I had um, been in touch with um, a girl I went to high school with, I'd known from high school. And um, she had said, we'd had a conversation and she said, oh, let's go out, um, let's catch up. And I said, actually, I can't, I'm going through connecting. She said, oh, oh, I had that. And I did the lightning process to get wow. better. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And in that same week, my sister's friend um, had also, they'd be caught up and he said to her, oh, if Liz wants to chat, get her to call me because I, I had chronic fatigue and I did a lightning process. And it was kind of like that, serendipitous yeah. um within the same week those two people and I was like okay what is this let me get my head around it because if they're back living their lives that's what I want and I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get that and so I spoke to them both and it was kind of like that turning point for me where if they can do it um then then I'm going to do this too uh, what that looked like for me was um, at that time, there were no practitioners in Australia. Um, Ian, um, who's one of the, uh, the other practitioner in Australia currently, um, he had just taken a sabbatical. And so I had emailed him to get on his final course in Melbourne. And he said, um, I'm, I'm sorry, it's full and I'll be back in a year, which is kind of devastating. Mm -hmm. um, this is back before they were run online and it had to be in person and suddenly that had been taken away and it was pretty shattering I took two days to kind of compose wow. myself and then I thought okay well um, my friend Kat she did it in New Zealand and if she can go to New Zealand that's what I'm going to do and somehow in my mind going to New Zealand was easier than getting myself to Melbourne because even like chronically ill, like you're like, how am I, how am I even going to get myself to Melbourne? I need to like get on, get on a plane. I need to get a hotel. And I know that sounds all very simple, like, but when you're, when you can't even do a food shop, 
that concept of being like doing a journey like that. It's, it's a big deal. Yeah, I, I, I forgot. I already forgot about the state that you are in and thinking about like commuting to Melbourne or whatever it was like, okay. But then you're like, oh yeah, that's a, yeah. that's a big ask. Wow. Um, but what was interesting, what I, what was interesting was when I started researching into New Zealand and I thought, okay, well, um, I've got to go to New Zealand. It has like, it has to be done. And then kind of my brain kicked in. I was like, well, that's like traveling. And I love travel. I'm a traveler. Like I love traveling. And so suddenly going to another country was easier in some ways than doing it in, in Australia. And so um, I tracked down a practitioner um, and then, you know, even the Airbnb where I was going to stay and what was the distance between the, the location and the, um, the, the training venue and the Airbnb so I could like even measure how far I would have to um, go in a day to be able to get wow. there. It's pretty the bleak, details. isn't it? it's bleak but it all becomes like these things become so important the focus is so different it's for somebody who is able-bodied and well you don't even think about this stuff I was so fortunate that my um Airbnb hosts were just the most lovely um people and she picked me up from the airport took me past like the grocery shop we got some food and I um was uh, there then to do the course the next which, day. Which, uh, whereabouts in New Zealand were you? I was in Christchurch. Nice, nice part of town, that. Yeah, it was It was a great place to go to do it. Um, so anyway, I got there. Um, and on day one, uh, so the lightning process, we haven't really spoken much about what it is, actually. No, 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 we'll uh, get there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just, what I'm doing is I'm building the suspense for all the listeners because I like... What is this thing? What is this? So interlude, let me just give a bit of a brief, um, you know, uh, intro to what what it actually is. Um, So it's a a three-day training, um, essentially teaching you how to um, use your mind to influence your body, Um, training you with the tools um, to be able to do that yourself. Um, So... I think the the, their ta- the tagline is applying the science of the mind body connection to rebuild health. Uh, the bit that's, that that might really... just be the tagline for the podcast episode. I think too. That's a good one. I'll use that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and that was really what attracted me to it. You know, you go to all these doctors and practitioners, and they try and give you a treatment, um, a medicine, a supplement, um, and and it's really um, this. You know, in that moment, you get that treatment, but where the lightning process is different, it's really about empowering with the tools to be able to heal yourself. And that's what really attracted me to it because. Um, you know, I'm with me 24-7 and actually under like building that awareness to realize that actually I'm the one who's most influential over my own health, my own body, my mm. thoughts. So then it's actually up to me to, to change here, to do something different and to 
um, yeah, to really um, learn learn what I need to do because when you when you are when you don't have the tools, yeah, it that's hard. But it's really about training and learning the tools that are actually going to be able to assist you um, to to make the change that you want. Uh, yes, <laughs> a little bit of outline process. So awesome. We'll dig. We're going to dig into that. We're going to dig into what is NLP and what is lighting process in a little bit so you've got um you're you're in Christchurch and you're doing the course and maybe Mm -hmm. if yeah can you talk about what's involved in the course at all like is it are you allowed to talk openly about that or is that kind of IP type stuff um there are no secrets um it's I'll like a big conversation because really if I was going to tell you everything it wouldn't take three days to explain the whole thing um to summarize um what we're looking at is um uh focus on the mind-body connection and the role that that plays um we know um now (laughs) that the mind-body connection is um is real and really important um we've kind of come through this period of um the last kind of hundred years of this idea that they were separate things um but now there's a kind of understanding that's coming actually understanding is coming back to no no they are the same thing and we know this um when you get embarrassed and you have those thoughts and then your cheeks flush red um or nervous and you feel that in the pit of your stomach so these are great examples of how actually the mind-body connection um, are evident in our day-to-day life and all the time. But quite often it feels like we have no control over that. Yeah. And what we're looking at is, okay, well, how do you, how do you use your mind to influence your body and how do we kind of take back the reins of what's going on and use that to our benefit? So at, on day one, we're looking at how and why um, do we get stuck? Because quite often people are in that position, particularly with chronic illnesses, they don't kind of really understand what's going on with their body. And we look at the role of the, that the nervous system has to play in that. So quite often we've gotten um, stuck in these um, unconscious patterns and quite particularly um, that of a stress response is um, going to keep your body um, in an alert state, which has the effect of you know, releasing a whole lot of hormones and neurotransmitters transmitters into the body um, that influence how the body functions. You know, it also has the effect of putting, um, taking energy away from systems um, like your um, immune and healing yeah. system, your sleep, your digestion, all of these systems um, called the, and this is that classic fight and flight response, right? And when you're engaging your sympathetic nervous system in the fight and flight response, you're not engaging your parasympathetic nervous system. So that's rest and digest. Right. Yeah. Okay. And when the body gets caught in these, I'm just going to clarify. So you've got, you've got your fight and flight response, fight, flight and freeze. Yeah. yeah? And then on the other end of the spectrum, you've got the parasympathetic nervous system. Mm-hmm. They're all part of the same system though, right? Well, that's your central, central nervous, nervous system. system. Giddy up. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, and that response is really useful. We're not saying it's a bad thing. It's actually, you know, designed to keep us really um, safe. Um, however, if we, if that stays switched on for extended periods of time and we don't turn that off, then we start to mess around with these, um, you know, this release of hormones into our body and it's going to like adrenaline cortisol, it's going to wreak havoc on how our body functions because that was a really great response designed for a short-term period of time, yeah. like fighting the not being Not being turned on all the time, right? Right. And this is the problem with our modern lives is that we're not facing tigers. You know, we're looking at four-year degrees, 30-year mortgages, um, commuting traffic, right? Stressful jobs. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> amusing myself here. No, it's all good. Um, yeah, hardly. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's all pretty stressful stuff, right? But it's all uh, slow-moving compared to the proverbial tiger, right? Which is very rapid. Um, right. So that's, that's what we're living in with our modern, modern lives, really. Um, but it has the effect on our body that we don't necessarily get in that parasympathetic state, you know, to what we need. And it's, so it's enough for the doctor to say, sure, go and rest. And consciously, you might think, okay, I need to rest and I can rest. But your conscious mind controls, you know, only about 10% <laughs> approximately of all, um, you know, what's going on. Your unconscious mind is an amazing thing, but it's controlling 90% of what's going on for you, thoughts, actions, behaviors. I can see how this is going to go into a very deep hole. Um, yeah. yeah, there's a lot here, right? Um, <laughs> right. Uh, so I, I, um, I see an acupuncturist, acupuncture person on every couple of weeks here, just down the road, actually. And awesome, awesome guy. I'm going to get him onto the show. And, uh, you know, when I go see him, he, you know, he reads my pulse. And every time I go see him, he says, yeah, your, your pulse is like, you're running hot, essentially, is what he says. And so I go and see him and he puts the needles in and I rest for an hour and then my whole system cools down. I said to him just yesterday, like, how, how do I get my system to idle? like a lot cooler like how do i get that to because what you're talking about is like your um your subconscious is kind of running the show behind the scenes literally subconsciously right so what can we what can we be doing more because i'm i feel like i'm running which is awesome i'm sleeping an okay amount but not optimal and i'm meditating a bunch but i'm still running at quite a high um, running, sorry to keep using that word. My system is still operating at quite a high, it's, it's hot, right? So how do we, if I'm doing all these things on the outside, how do we use the subconscious to then bring ourselves down a little bit? Do you get what I'm saying? Well, yeah. And I think that the first part there is, um, becoming aware of those unconscious patterns that are operating. Because if you're consciously and you're doing stuff, that's you're aware of it, but there's a whole like back end, you know, and if these patterns that you just, you know, don't realize that you're doing are taking you into that, you know, 
sympathetic um, response state, um, there's not a lot you, you know, at that point, you're like, okay, well, how? How do I um, first recognize that? And then how do I shift that and change that into um, responding differently? To so this is all covered in the in the lighting process. Yeah, well, yeah. and that's what we're doing, and that's the, the and the first part to any um, I won't say intervention, but is that awareness to kind of bring that level of awareness to okay, what's um, what's actually going on behind the scenes that I might not have recognized yet. Yeah. That's cool, and so what else happens in the in the workshop okay so we're at day one okay so let's let's fast track (laughs) (laughs) let's fast track through days uh two to three i'm gonna hit you just briefly finishing up day one because on day one you learn i i learned the tools essentially what the lightning process is it's a set of tools that you um implement to first spot um, when you need to use the tools mm. and then use these tools to essentially change your, I'm going to say state, because essentially that's what we're looking at, whether you're being in a um, um, stressed state or a um, even, you know, whatever mood that's, and what we talk about here is anything that's not life enhancing in that moment. Okay. Life enhancing and useful being the operative yeah. words here to be able to um, shift for yourself into what's going to be more useful. And, um, you know, quite often people given the chance are going to choose something that's going to be um, really good for them um, and positive. This is not just positive thinking. This is choosing something that's more useful for you in that moment. Um, And quite often people will choose something that is positive. Um, So, learning, putting the tools into practice, your homework on day one um, is to do something different, is to do something that you haven't been able to do so you can put the tools into practice because like any training program, you can't um, expect to just rock up, learn the info and be done. You need to actually actively use the tools. Um, Like going to the gym, you can't expect to go to the gym and unless you're working the machines, you're not going to get any change. So put the tools into practice and for me what that looked like was I got home from the training and my um, hosts um, they were actually tango dancers which is essentially why I chose them in the in one of the first reasons my Airbnb hosts um, and I don't dance, dance tango but they um, they said oh do you want to come with us tonight we're going to this event um, and I love to dance I hadn't danced in months um, because I hadn't been able to, and and that was my moment to say, yes, I, that's what I'm going to do, yes. And so I used my new tools, um, put them into practice. Um, they gave me a couple of lessons um, before we went. We got there and um, spent the evening, like, dancing. On the way home, they took me past the Christmas lights in Christchurch, and I just could, um, I was able to be there dancing with people I didn't know, being able to um do a dance I had never really danced but I you know when you know how to follow as a dancer that's um a skill that you can kind of easily transition but um I woke up the next morning hungry like I hadn't been hungry wow. 
in like months because my digestive system had switched on and like had started like functioning again and I was back in day two and I was like oh my gosh I get it questions two questions um (laughs) what was it that you did what was the thing that you did was there any specific thing you had to say to yourself or what were you catching yourself like what was the thing you were what was because it's kind of mind over matter yeah like what was the I'm going to take a past mind over matter um only because I think that that simplifies it not not usually it's kind of like yes using the mind but it's really to transform like to be able to um respond differently you know what we're looking at is how like the changes that we're looking at are physiological changes so there is definitely a physiological going on and it's not like the you might hear this concept oh if it was kind of used your mind to do it does that mean it was all in your head that's definitely coming that's definitely coming don't you worry (laughs) right and we would say to that no like what's going on here like people who experience chronic pain and things like that it's it's there's it's physiological like there's stuff going on in the body but what we're saying is actually you can um use your mind influence that and change that experience and change what's going on in your body so for you went from very much excuse the way i'm butchering this as it comes out of my brain um but for you who is very much in that chronic fatigue sort of state goes and does the course day one you learn some tools and you're able to go out effectively dancing that night where you haven't been able to for however long what was the what were some of the tools you were using specific um, yeah, if, if you can go into so, specifics because there's like yeah, this gap on like, like you go to a course then you go dancing but there's this big hole in the middle of like how as come to my course uh, <laughs> no <I'm, laughs> like okay i'm i can tell you the tools like we're we're spotting when what we're looking at is um spotting when you are getting into um we're gonna call an like not a great response right? When you're activating the, that PER, that physical emergency response, when, and what we're looking at here is, okay, well, what are we looking at? And a lot of that comes down to your, um, what's going on in your head in terms of what are you saying to yourself? Words, what are you, what, what, what's, what your words you're using? These are the types of, what symptoms are going on? Um, and, these are the things we start to spot because if you once you kind of raise that level of awareness to starting to catch those things that you're saying um quite often the experience will be like oh i recognize the things that i was saying to myself actually weren't very nice and um you know these uh the effect of that has on your you know on not only how you feel but then also um, what beliefs that cultivate to generate, okay, your actual potential to then be able to do what you want to do. Um, and that all then has um, effect on your physiology as well. So 
The tools we're looking at are a set of steps, a set of very clear, defined steps where you um, essentially coach yourself to do something different using some body postures and um, as meditative kind of like self um, visualization, but with the outcome to shift your state. So at the end of it, you, having done a clear set of steps, um, you feel different. You've shifted your state to be essentially asking yourself that question. Okay, well, what do, what do I want? How do I want to be in this situation? And it sounds, um, this is why I was like, oh, do I go into it or not? Because to say it like that is such a simplified, mm -hmm. butchered version. And why I like to teach something on a course where you have the um, time the time to fully explain these concepts I think if you have if you're not if you haven't heard this stuff before if you haven't kind of been on this page when you hear it put like that um, I'm regretting how I described it because if you hear it put like that you'd be like oh this sounds crazy like <laughs> what is she talking about um, yeah so I, I don't know where, what page that landed on um, but essentially it's about um, yeah, shifting your state, um, but having that tool to know how to do that for yourself. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a pin in that one as a. This needs further exploration and much more time. Um, so on days, uh, days two and three. Yeah. Um, well, kind of just went on from there. I um, kind of day two got in there and I was like, I get it, I get it. Fatigue is like that backseat now I recognize like this was kind of life-changing for me to kind of go oh my gosh that that chronic pain in my um in my foot that I've had um what are you saying I can I can get rid of that because I had um I used to play at uni I played um touch football and I had a very serious injury where I got four screws put in my foot which meant that I um was never really able to run again and um, the doctor told me, because um, I went back and I still had pain and he said, look, your foot's, it's like an old car now. <laughs> It'll never run again. And so I left his um, like offices with that belief that, oh, okay, it's, it can't get better and I'll never kind of be able to run again in the way that I want. And when I held that belief, that was my experience. Yeah. And I continue to experience chronic pain. And actually, that's how I discovered dancing because um, I, I could, I, I could, I could dance, and that, and that was fine. And so that's what I put my time and energy into. Um, but yeah, day two, that revelation. What do you? And I was like, what do you mean? I can use these tools for that. And um, so that's what I. And then I also looked at my, you know, garlic intolerance, something that I, that I just had to live with. And you know, I, you know love it I've lived in Italy I love Italian food and so for me it's like not being able to eat garlic was really well, limiting um and so I you know I set to task to really train and put my tools into practice um to retrain these other pathways um and that afternoon I went for a run um which like I just remember like the clear blue sky in Christchurch and um going around the park it was just like really getting your life yeah, back it must have felt amazing it, yeah. yeah 
like overjoyed. I came home to, um, yeah, day three, like amazing. I went out with um, that day three, that evening, I went out with um, one of the girls I met on the course and just to kind of, yeah, <laughs> just be back in the pub having a drink and it'd be easy was something that, um, you know, when you haven't been able to do that for months and months on end and um, yeah, that was, um, that was pretty exciting. I came home, um, yeah, back into my life going, things are different. Um, and that real experience of getting your life back, you know, pretty quickly mm. too. Um, and that's quite a, quite a special experience, but then it was a question of, okay, well, what next? And I, um, had some very clear goals that I set for myself. Part of that was four months later, I ran a 10K, um, the Hills Harbour in Newcastle. And then um, six months after I did the training, um, I went to, I went traveling in Europe for two months and hiked the Camino de Santiago, which um, did 250 meters of that. Um, and that was kind of like the pinnacle of like when I get my life back what do I want to be doing because it kind of makes you reflect on what's important what would be what would make your life um a life you love and when I was unwell in that year um both my um my mom and dad are separate and divorced um for a number number of years but they um each went and did the Camino de Santiago that year and I was like I wish I could be doing that like that would be amazing. And so the following year, that's why I did that. Um, I went solo by myself and had the amazing experience of what that was and then danced salsa around Europe. And it was like, uh, like a gift to myself. Basically. Wow. Wow. Um, <laughs> that's um, how does the, in terms of challenges for the lightning process, like, because it is so immediate um, well, for some people it's immediate, right? Obviously there's, um, there's some issues, conditions that this wouldn't help. Right. But is there, is there some, like, does it, does the lightning process receive criticism because some of the um, results can be really rapid? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's um two two things I'll say here is, um some people kind of yeah don't quite get it because if you if they can't not on the page that change can happen that mm. quick, and if you're coming from a place where uh no this has been really challenging for a long time this is very difficult that's not possible how is that possible um then yes, I can understand how people might not um, um, like the lightning process, I guess. Um, I will say definitely that the change um, can be quick. For, for the other people, it might take a couple of days, couple of months, couple of, uh, sorry, weeks, months, but it's not a, um, a quick fix in that kind of way. It's like, it is very much a training and sometimes that takes longer but it's self-directed and so it's in that way quite empowering that uh, you are not requiring somebody else to fix you it's you have these tools 
um, and you can fix yourself. In terms of how quickly change occurs, one of the things we look at is breaking down these beliefs around, um, beliefs is a key component we look at because quite often when we get stuck with things, we have um, potentially limiting beliefs that are keeping us stuck and beliefs are tricky things um, really to kind of talk about sometimes because our beliefs quite often masquerade as truth mm. and our belief us will show up as our truth. So it's um, interesting to have these conversations of shifting belief um, but there's real potential there to start to question um, some of those um, things that we might maybe didn't think were possible. Um, change can happen quickly, actually, and we know this. If you, um, you know, that example again, when you, um, when your cheeks flush red, when you get embarrassed, how quickly does that happen? Yeah, instantly, right? quite quickly and that's a physiological change in the body so um when you start to kind of get okay well actually change can happen really quickly and it does all the time so you're talking about um applying lightning process to many other things in your life are you using the techniques from lightning process outside of your um more more so in your sort of daily life the tools yeah yeah Totally. It's, um, I think another be kind of beautiful thing about it, it really becomes a, a tool for life. Um, and part of that is recognizing um, that you have a choice um, in your response. Kind of quite often we go through life thinking, I just have this. I'm just like this. I'm just an anxious person. It's just how I am. I have this thing. And, or, they just make me angry. And these are very common expressions to hear, but they're not really um, an accurate representation of what's going on. You know, there's a dynamic there and you are responsible for your response. Choice is, choice is really powerful, hey? Like Rick, when, so you, when you realise that you've actually got a choice whether to let that person make you angry or upset or happy or whatever, you know, it's your choice how you respond to it. Yes. And that's that's that bit totally, you nailed it there, that awareness. Because quite often we're in that place where we feel like we don't have any choice. It's just how and it we're is. In, we're in that, we're often in that process, in that space of not having any awareness either. And we're just very much on autopilot and reacting to things. So, yeah. Um, why is there only a handful of practitioners in the world? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, it's um, so the lightning process designed by Phil um, developed um, 20 years ago. So in the scheme of things, um, pretty, pretty recently, it's only been like really 20 years. Um, and you've got, um, yeah, fewer than a hundred practitioners worldwide. Um, I'm one of two currently in Australia. Um, but to do, to even become a practitioner, I had to travel to back and forth between London, um, to learn from Phil, 
first um, you know, clinical diploma in NLP hypnotherapy and coaching master studies and then lightning process studies. So um, why aren't there more practitioners in Australia? Probably because it's quite a um, particular path yeah. Um, yeah. of study and um, and this is training as a, as a new career path as well. Um, quite an investment of time and energy, but for me, um, so worth it. I, um, you know, when you go through something like uh, a health challenge and you get the gift of your life back, I had definitely my values changed and what I used to think was um, important and really was for me at that time became, um, I would say, secondary. And, you know, the this new knowledge that I didn't know and I didn't even know this was a thing, obviously, before my own experience, but it just, um, you know, it was even like a paying it back. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, I know the experience of suffering and it's awful and I can't, how could I go on in my life knowing that there are people um, who, who this, they live this, this is their day to day. Um, and that's kind of my, why I do what I do and why I chose that path is because I believe that no one should suffer when the knowledge and tools exist to be able to change um and when you've got um yeah the tools and support to be able to do that um and changes can be quick and can be easy um which isn't the message um nor is the message of recovery as possible things like chronic fatigue and chronic conditions if you particularly chronic fatigue, if you google that um what you'll get straight away is there is no cure people have this for years um, and I think more people need to know that actually um, change is possible. Um, and yeah, that's pretty, that's kind of my, my mission to inspire um, and empower people to be able to, um, to change these things. That answers that question. Cause I was going to say, what's calling you now? So what was calling you back then and what's calling you now? So very, very different. And I'm um, thinking about my own experience with, helping people and with my own um with my own experience through you uh having um you know psychologists and other doctors and therapists in my life for i don't know for since i was probably about 20 i suppose oh since i was 30 yeah so for a long long time i've had you know very good professional help and stuff and i love it and um I just love to be able to help people in a similar way one day, you know, to be able to, when you've, when you've experienced how that can transform your life. Like I always think about the, you know, when you think about like shooting rockets into outer space or something, can you imagine the furthest planet from the sun? And if you just change your direct trajectory, just the tiniest little bit, you'll end up in a completely different place. And I reflect on like how much, how, grateful I am to the, the therapists and the professionals that I've used, like how much of an effect they actually have on people's lives. Um, it's just such a privilege to be in, you know, for you to be in your position to be able to help so many people. Like re really making transformational I, change to their lives. I feel it is a privilege for sure. It's, um, it's an absolute pleasure and a joy to, um, get to work with beautiful individuals 
individuals who really come to me in not a great place and um, within, you know, the, the, the training three days, so it's about four or five hours per day, consecutive days, and within that time, um, we transform and shift um, so much stuff that time feels like your perception of time changes and it feels like actually it's been so long, but it's actually only been three days. Um, and like to kind of bound out back into, you know, into life with a completely different um, way of, you know, essentially being, thinking and feeling and um, really shifting and changing stuff. Um, the smiles on their faces and um, the new plans they're starting to make. Um, yeah, it's really special. And I'm just so, I feel so grateful to be part of, part of that. Kim, I can't can't help but feel like you've carried this burden not you i'm saying you whoever you are have carried this burden for a long long time because it's chronic right and these problems must feel impossible to shift and to think that you could spend the best part of three four days with someone like you and shift them fairly rapidly um that that must just seem like some sort of voodoo magic kind of stuff right like it's I'll give you an analogy. Yeah, please. Which seems to help. <laughs> and, um, it's kind of like um, if you've been trying to um, hammer a nail into the wall, okay, to hang a picture, say, and you've been trying to use a banana. Ah, yes. The banana doesn't work. <laughs> it's a bit mushy, like mushy, and it's like hard and like how, right? Yeah. Then you get a tool that's like, you know, really functional at this, at this, and, you know, you give it a whack and it, it actually, you know, has a great effect. Um, and quite often that's what's been going on. We've been trying to solve a problem with tools that um, you know, just maybe weren't up to the, to the job. Um, and so that's kind of where the lightning process tools, why, you know, they are you know, effective. I think part of that as well is that it is, um, self-directed okay it's really up to to you to put them into practice but you know within with any type of change the the biggest amount of change will always come not outside in it's when change is from the inside out for sure so i know i i touched on this at the start of the episode um, but what sort of things are people coming to you with what sort of conditions and issues um, are they coming to you yeah. with I think people um, resonate um, with with my story. So I see a lot of people who um, have chronic fatigue, um, also um, chronic pain, um, anxiety. Um, quite interesting as well, people will come with their major um, thing, mm -hmm. um, but are pleasantly surprised to discover how <laughs> you can transform um, all these other things going on um, that are not useful. Um, a lot of um, gut stuff seems to um, kind of come up and resolve through, you know, when your body's working well and systems are functioning, this stuff does um, really resolve itself. Um, but even beyond that, um, self-confidence, um, perfectionism <laughs> resolving, um, the like limiting um things anger um yeah the it's about um 
using the tool really on anything that's not life enhancing to be able to shift that into um, what you would love instead. So it is, so you're a master practitioner of NLP. Is that correct? That's the correct way to say it, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then um, lighting process practitioner. Yeah. So what's the, what are the similarities and differences between the two? I suspect that there's a whole lot of crossover with NLP and lighting process, right? Uh, yes. So um, we use a lot of um, uh, NLP um, techniques in um, the lightning process. It also embodies um, a lot of other com concepts around mind-body connection. It's based, um, there are concepts of osteopathy um, and it's um, different um, because it is really in a, in a way like empowering the individual. And I think NLP um, coaching and um, is, um, is more focused um, on helping somebody uh, through um, with it, with more of a one-on-one -on -one kind of um, basis. Right. I was thinking more about some of the techniques that are used. There would be some very much some techniques that are used from NLP and the lightning process is, but your lightning process is very much a combination of techniques and things. Yeah. Yes. Um, similarities, language, massively important. Yeah. Um, and we look at a lot of um, how important language is on, on the lightning process, um, but that's kind of key to NLP. Yeah. So uh, do you mind if we dive into NLP for a bit? So sure. for, um, for maybe the people who are listening who don't know what NLP is or they've just had a cursory understanding of what NLP is, can you tell us a bit about it? Sure. So um, NLP, um, Neuro Linguistic Programming, um, it's essentially how that breaks down is neuro, um, your neurology, linguistic, it's about language and brain and um, programming, essentially like thinking about your brain as a computer, how it can be programmed. Um, and so what we're looking at there is, okay, how um, we can um you know, program if your if these information, this communication um, is running, and this kind of relates to your conscious and unconscious mm -hmm. patterns, um, then how can we um, influence that um, and and change that um, so it runs a different pattern? It's programmed and programs differently. So um, that's does that make sense? Is that an okay definition? Yeah, it sort of works. I'm thinking of things like software and stuff. And I was actually listening to a, a talk. I think it was, um, I think it was um, um, Dr. Parker. He was talking about it, um, about how you can look at a computer and say you've got a nice laptop or something like that. And you can look at it and it looks fine, but you can't tell that the software is rubbish on the inside. So lightning sort of helps fix that. And so is NLP to a degree as well, right? That helps fix the software that's running and behind the scenes. Hard to see that there's a problem from the, from the outside though. Yeah, no, I like that. 
because um, to look at it, sure, but that's it, the program that's running. And if that program is producing a response that's not very useful, yeah. um, let's make a tweak. And sometimes it is a tweak. That program won't run in that way and you'll get a different outcome. So this is all, this is all, sorry, this is not all. But how important language, language is, sorry, I've just made a complete balls up of that, but how important is language? Like the words that we use internally to ourselves and that to how, you know, how we navigate our, our lives and how we, how we heal faster and stuff. Yeah. Um, words are so important massively important and more than we really recognize um and like you said it's yeah the words you say out out loud but also that internal dialogue that's operating um and if we raise that awareness to, okay what what actually am i saying to myself on a repeated basis and we go okay let's actually check that out um what is that are you saying to yourself um you've got this you're amazing you're gonna knock it out of the park or are you saying to yourself oh shit i don't know how's this gonna go um you're crap um remember what happened last time you mucked up your word all that stuff okay and we're telling that to ourselves con constantly without even kind of realizing um that is gonna have uh, that's gonna have an impact <laughs> on how we think, how we feel, our expectation for the future, all of these things. So, um, yeah, words are, are really important. And then starting to look at how we're using words uh, is also important. Um, this is NLP, a lot of um, presuppositions are really important. Um, and so what's a, what's a presupposition? So let's just say I um, say to you, um, I'm married. And then um, just notice the difference, how that sounds when I say I'm currently married. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> so currently is a presupposition that it's, 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 you know, I'm currently married. Well, I'm not actually, but um, I would say that and you would go, oh, okay, I, the meaning's right, but I get that there's something else kind of going on there, um, which indicates a different meaning. It raises a lot of questions. Okay. Right. But you can actually start to use this for your benefit. Right. So if you're talking about change and this hasn't changed, you could say such change. I go, this hasn't changed yet. Yeah. Small tweak. Small tweak, but the meaning really starts to change. And even internally, if you start to look at some things like we would say um, a great reframe, which is another NLP um, great um, tool is that you say you're looking at something, oh, this is really difficult for me. Um, start to reframe that and look at, well, it's unfamiliar. You know, if we're doing something new, instead of approaching going, oh, this is difficult, I've never done a podcast before. Well, it's just unfamiliar. And it starts to change how we think and how it we feel. In that instance, it changes it from like a, um, yeah, from, uh, it turns it into a learning experience, doesn't it? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one, um, no, we'll park that. That's fine. Um, 
Cool. So that's NLP in a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) And so how does, um, so I'm guessing as an NLP coach, people come to you and you start to look at the way that they are, I suppose, their views, their beliefs of themselves, the way they see the world and start to help them repackage that and reframe that into more constructive ways so is that how it works or um yeah there's definitely an element part of that um and particularly that might come with a particular issue um and what we'll we'll look at is okay how how what's the coding going on um and how how is how does that work essentially, because there'll be an internal mechanism, um, how we are processing that information, um, which is influencing and creating our experience. Yeah. And so there are a number of different NLP techniques, um, but they, what they do is um, start to change, like you look at changing and recoding um so putting um the coding for what you really want essentially we're using um computer <laughs> terms yeah. um but coding it that would um give us a different response um, closer to really coming back to that question always what it is you want and then running that running that preferred program as opposed to the old programming yeah, yeah. Um, what are some of the, um, I just want to move across into the brain body connection, if you don't mind. Um, so that point of how much of this is actually in our head, like how much of this is actually affected by the way we think and then tying into, you know, what we're talking about with NLP and the programming. So how does that, how does that, how do our thoughts then get described in our body's reaction like how does that brain body connection actually work um well it's it's natural it's innate and if we start to kind of separate the two and go oh it's in the brain um it's again trying to distinguish them as two separate things and it's like well actually it's a system and it is um that innate mind body connection um so the, the question itself is like, well, it's, it's not one or the other. Um, you know, there's a communication system in your body um, that, um, you know, processes that information really um, from your brain to your body, but equally from your body back to your brain. Yeah. Okay. And our words matter, but what matters even more than our words um, is what our body is saying. So what I mean by that is um, we have, we store in our bodies so much information, unconscious information. This is done through our postures. You know, if you, um, and anyone listening can join in, if you um, nod your head. Doing this now. Say yes. And now shake your head and say no. No. Okay. And now nod your head and say no. No. 
How does that feel? Yeah, awkward. Awkward. Yeah. Awkward. Awkward. And what signal is stronger? What you're saying or what your body is saying? I feel like what my body's doing. Right. Interesting, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Am, am I broken? <laughs> <laughs> no this is totally normal and it's actually our body puts in the like we know we've learned really well that um if when you nod your head it means yes so if you turn if you go ahead and nod your head and say no like oh that's yeah. not right something's wrong there because our body holds stores a lot of information as well okay so this is why people talk about the superman pose and you might have come across that if you stand tall, shoulders back, shoulders, um, you know, wide, feet apart, big, deep breath, you know, you, you know that posture and it feels a certain way when you do that, which is very different to the way you feel when you have your um, shoulders slumped, head kind of lowered in that position. And you think and feel differently in that body posture as well. Yes. Anyway, just, no, no. just a little interesting. I don't know. You could get me talking about the brain and the body and like I, I love all this stuff. So I kind of just probably ramble, ram, ramble a little no, bit. It's, it's all well. good. I wanted, to, I wanted to dig in and just um, see where it sort of takes us. Um, I was listening to some guy last weekend, I think it was, and he was talking about the phantom limb experiment experience where you know, you lose a hand and you still can feel like your brain tells you that it's still attached. Yeah. And I found that really fascinating when thinking about, you know, the messages that our body and our brain are sending to each other. Um, do you want to dive into that? Um, yeah, fascinating, but a great example um, of how sometimes those messages um, aren't being processed um, really in a, in, in a good way, right? Because what's happening there is that um, there's a signal going on, but it's not getting communicated in the right way. It's a, um, an echo. Yes. It's an echo of that pain sensation. And quite often this is what's happening with chronic pain. And so this is why they will often say that, um, well, all pain is generated in the brain in the way that all pain sensation has um, that it's computed um, to understand what that means um, in the brain. Um, and so, um, yeah, what you get with phantom leg syndrome is a really real, I'm not saying it's not real, it's a real pain, it's, it's a real sensation, um, but actually you can, change the way that signal is being processed and change the way that feels. So we can, you can do this with lightning process. Yeah. Yeah. Chronic oh. pain. Yeah. I'm all different. Wow. So what's, um, what's in terms of um, success stories and stuff that you've seen with this, like what are some of the really eye-opening examples that you've got? Yeah. So, um, it's um, one of the really important things, you know, we look at is celebrating success. And for anyone in any, you know, where they're at in life, reflecting and celebrating your successes and your wins is so important. And not just the big wins, um, but the small wins as well. 
because they really reinforce your um, your belief in self, your, um, you know, a whole lot of different stuff. Um, and for somebody who hasn't been, um, you know, has been, had chronic fatigue for years um, to, to then, you know, be able to um, go for a run yeah. the next day or a couple of days later or a couple of weeks later, huge, life-changing, so, so massive. And um, so we talk about these success stories and, um, you know, the biggest success is really just being able to get back into living life, get back to being with friends, get back to being able to work, you know, earn a living, um, be able to support yourself, have a family, live, you know, the life that you really love. So when we talk about massive success stories, um, you know, for when you're back fit and healthy, we think about, you know, oh, going for a run around the block. Well, that's, you know, for us, yeah. that's like, that's pretty cool. But for somebody, you know, who's not been able to do that for yeah. years, that is huge. That's true. And, um, you know, I, um, you know, I would think, you know, my clients have had like, yeah, amazing success stories, but all their stories are success because, you know, they got, they got back to doing things that they could do before. Um, and whether that's going for a run, whether that's um, now being able to, one of my clients, um, you know, these messages back to playing AFL, um, Premier League, back to um, performing um, music that she'd written um, while she was sick now, performing live in front of an audience, wow. um, being able to go on a dolphin research project because that was something that she could only ever dream of. Like these are... Um, it's just yeah. it's I'm not saying just it's giving it really is giving life back right um yeah which yeah. is huge New life experience <laughs> of life yeah <laughs> awesome um when it comes to following the thing that's calling you what advice would you give somebody that might be a bit lost that's listening mm, that's a great question um think it's very hard to hear that when there's a lot of noise and um, I think our modern lives are full of noise um, so taking the time to to get quiet to remove distraction because there will always be distraction unless you actually choose to um, set the time aside to give yourself that breathing space to even dream and um, wonder what that, that thing might be. Um, you know, some people <laughs> take uh, chronic illness um, to hit rock bottom to be, to really, um, you know, be ready to, okay, really need to make that choice to do something different, but everyone has that choice actually. Yeah. Um, always and it just takes um that effort I guess in a way or even realization that you can um do things differently we get really set doing the same thing and I can't I can't leave my job or I can't um we tell all these reasons why we can't do you know what it is that's really important to us but we start to change that conversation and look at okay well how, how do we make that happen? 
um, what what do you need to be able to do that? Um, but definitely giving yourself the gift of um, time and space to to even make mistakes, work out what it is, and be kind to yourself on that journey. I think is is what I would what I would say. There's actually a lot in that, right? <laughs> I was going to ask you what's um are you you meditate? Uh, I do. And actually that was something that I um, learned just before I got ill, but really was something that I um, would, would do, um, which I found helpful. Um, I really, um, yeah, enjoy um, meditation. I don't probably don't do it so much anymore as a daily practice. Um, and I guess getting quiet and is and still um, in your day and every day and making that a practice, I really value that. And um, so, if you're not, if you don't mind me asking, if you're not meditating, then what does quiet and still look like? I probably, when I say I don't meditate, actually, I probably think I don't do my twenty minutes of um, set time um, morning and night, but. Um, now I take them, them, the moments and it might be, um, um, you know, I'll have like after my shower, you know, I, I like, I really enjoy, um, have my shower and then cold shower, um, to finish. And then we'll take like a minute or two minutes after that, just to kind of let my, um, body kind of recalibrate. And to me, that's probably on the fly like something that I would do in my day just become more conscious of of what you're doing and I don't think you need to necessarily meditate for 20 minutes to um, become more present in your life if you are even just um, you know doing the dishes and becoming aware of the water and the temperature and your skin and really present in that moment, I think that then becomes um, a form of meditation because you are in the moment and not engaging in all those other thoughts um, that are going on. It's easy to, it's like you say, that doing the dishes and stuff, it's easy to rush through those things and just treat them like, um, yeah, treat them for these really, unvaluable sort of activities but you're right you can you can become present in those activities um and also getting rid of yeah like the getting rid of distractions is a big one like the phone i'm notoriously bad with my phone at the moment um but getting rid of the phone when you know you're around your kid or your partner or something like that like that's huge right um yeah that was uh that was good that was a good way to finish it up so liz you were mentioning you had some courses yeah Can talk about that so sure um i run yeah lightning process um trainings um at this um, stage running online um which is awesome and um i've got just kind of set the last dates for 2021. Um, so um, November and December, the dates are on my website. Um, so anyone interested or even just curious, what's this even all about? Um, the website is um, rewirewellbeing.com. 
um.com uh and then also on my instagram so that's rewire wellbeing perfect liz thank you so much for your time and my <laughs> my pleasure as it was great to chat and um yeah a pleasure to be awesome here. i'm going to sign off for everybody here who's listening thank you for your time and thanks for listening and to liz thank you for being here bye